This is a HeadGum Podcast. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Wow. In your presence, Lord, we are worshipful, we are peaceful, And God, I want you to mold us and shape us like maybe your most beautiful creations and creatures like dogs. And may we have a dog theology, an orthodoxy, if you will, Father, that values you as master and commander on the far side of the world, God, that sees you and you give us little treats when you don't kill us every day or don't give us fatal COVID and says, thank you, Lord, for sparing me one more day. So that's our prayer today. Caroline, if you want to open us up and I'll close us out. If anyone else feels led to pray, they can jump in and say whatever they want, basically. Um, I'm coming to prayer with a spirit of humility, asking for forgiveness. Uh, A few weeks ago, I did something almost unforgivable to some artwork of Eugene from Adventures in Odyssey. And I, I made several sins. One... I did not credit the artist. Two, I modified. Three, I, I didn't even tag him. <laughs> and then four, I made a joke about it. And unfortunately, the artist did find it, and they were reasonably upset. I get it. <laughs> it was not cool. And, you know, that's on me for just going to Google and taking the first thing I can find and then opening Photoshop and thinking I'm so clever. So I would like to ask many people for forgiveness. Uh, first and foremost, God. Second, uh, the artist. And third, uh, the fictional character Eugene. Because, <laughs> you know, your body was perfect the way it was, and that wasn't cool that I implied it could be improved. And, Father, I want to add to that list of uh, people that Caroline needs to make apologies to. Will Ryan, the voice actor who plays Eugene, who yeah. did pass away a matter of weeks ago. and is no longer with us on this earth. And she did actually, in fact... Sort of dance upon th- that fact. Yep, she she did what a lot of people did. We talked about one of our second service episodes when a problematic person dies. She, you know, unzipped trow and let it rip, unfortunately, Father. And so we ask for forgiveness for that. We ask for redemption yes. for that, Father. And like you have redeemed us, like you have redeemed creation and then the world, God, with your most perfect, again, your most perfect superior race, the race of dogs. <laughs> that's that's the racial supremacy we want to affirm on this podcast, is dogs oh. are the superior race. Up for debate. <laughs> and Father, it's for your glorious non-problematic name we say all these things. Amen. Amen. And the tea is... Yuck. Hard. Consider the source. Hey. God, consider the source. It's me. I'm a fan of my mom. 
Good Christian fun. I'm Kevin. I'm Caroline. And we're here to have good Christian fun. I don't know if we should keep that in. Why? The, the theme song has been slowed down against out of my control. I literally don't know how that happened. You've done so many things to it over the years that I just thought it was your new. It's utterly unrecognizable. A fair assumption. That's what his new spin this week was like, what if I made it just a hair slower than it normally is? Wait, just this, make everyone feel insane. Should this be the new MO? Is that we slow it down by two percentage points every week? It takes like 30 minutes For, to play it. Eventually, it's the it's the one where they took the Justin Bieber songs and made them 800% slower, so it sounds like Icelandic post Yeah, they, tell, yeah. they sound like chill wave, like Nordic, Sigur Ross style. I support uh, this. Exactly. Meditative I like tracks. Oh, Oh my lord uh and putting in the different key though does obscure the fact that the, that was the tim allen remix of uh pony by genuine oh my gosh you've made one man at the very least very happy i know that's for sure and that's my husband nate he's gonna be so delighted Good Christian Fun is the uh, podcast where we talk about Christian pop culture, the music, and the movies, and their entertainment made for, made by Christians. We slow it down to tune into spiritual things, to tune into uh, eternal things. We take that uh, and make it a uh, really stretching it. it out. You can't do it? I can't get that low. Uh, well, I mean, that makes sense. You don't have enough testosterone to get it done. It does remind me of a, a bygone era in which uh, a man doing stand-up could make kind of like ape or monkey moises, noises and then just get his own sitcom based on that. Uh, that was the 90s in a nutshell. It's so sad that uh, Tim, that Tim, what's his name, that comedian we covered? Um, Tim Hawkins. Tim Hawkins did not get a show off of the significant voice work he did in his set. He did He did quite a few. A yeah, lot. Unfortunately. Yeah. I know. It miss, Where's it his miss check? Days gone by. Uh, but listen, we're not here to make fun of you or to make you go to church. We're just here to have fun. We're just here to have a chat. We're just here to talk about music, like the music of the band PFR, which Caroline, as you know, stands for... P- Poon for Rent. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I can't hope that I'm- Wow, I mean that's and and uh, uh, again a very progressive band to kind of like name that, especially in the nineties when there was a lot more stigma with sex work. So they had to abbreviate it. They did, yeah, because it's like because there was another there was another band called Poon for Rent, and they're the same name, and then there there was a lawsuit, and they had to adjust. Quick puppet, uh, quick quick what pivot for rent, (laughs) pivot for rent, Uh, but we cannot talk about this really controversial progressive band alone <gasps> oh no this is all throughout the itunes listen to how slowed yeah, down it is. it is it's gonna throw off my timing so but friends crazy. and folks he is an academic a writer an author you can catch his new book dancing about architecture's reasonable thing to do give it up for joel, joel hang hartsey yes I'm happy to be here. <laughs> I truly don't know what I did so in the settings. Amy, Amy sounds like Shania Twain. Tiny bit. Or like Wilson I actually, Phillips. 
I was gonna ask you if you could do the Rich Mullins version for me, but I feel like we got the experience because we're <laughs> we're in his Truly. range more than hers. So this yeah. is outrageous. My apologies to the listeners. My apologies to our guests. My apologies to the Lord as well. I'm into it. Wow, what a thing. But you know, maybe maybe this is a good reminder to slow things down, to mm. take it second by step, step second, day That's by right. day, bird by bird. Step by step. Second by step. Oh, yes. Second by step, bird by bird turd, by step. as Anne Lamott. <laughs> <laughs> and take your time. Absolutely. And that's why we're taking our time <laughs> to introduce Joel. Joel, thanks so much Hi, Joel. for joining us on the show today. Thank you guys for being here. It or for thank you for being here. And You're thank welcome. You. Happy to no, be well. here. What do you want to talk about? <laughs> yeah, so why don't uh, well, you go ahead and know, kick it off? Uh, this is yeah, this is a podcast <laughs> that I host about um language in higher education. And oh no, I'm sorry, that's the other podcast that I do. No, uh, I'm so happy to be talking to you guys because I've been listening for, to you for a long time. And I so much of what I love and have been obsessed with for much of my life is stuff you have talked about over the years. Um, so it's really fun to be chatting with oh my you. Goodness. And uh, PFR, we don't, I know we'll get into that later, but PFR is so, I love them so much <laughs> that even hearing you make a little joke about their name hurt my heart a little bit. Oh, okay. Um, they're, well, no, it's, it was no, no, no. So positive, no, 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 no. at least in my part. It was I did, positive. I, I, <laughs> like, that's like the best do. thing I could have said about them. <laughs> <laughs> it had nothing to do. Sometimes when I Google it, I get pork fried rice, which is also a good thing. So, um, Gorgeous. But uh, no, it's great. You guys are awesome and it's fun to be here. Wow. Well, I know you must have thousands of questions for us that have been pinned up after listening for <laughs> going on five, six years now uh-huh. uh, since the podcast inception. But you can save those for now because we have questions for you. We want to know okay. about your upbringing and your background and your history with faith and religion. Sure thing. So I, uh, it's hard not to like think that this has all been said a million times before, but everybody's got, you know, their unique story within it all. And I, so my, my first book, which, uh, I think Kevin has read is, um, about a lot of this stuff. It's about growing up in the evangelical culture and becoming a fan of Christian rock and how that was like something I was very into for a significant part of my youth. And, uh, I felt very self-indulgent because I wrote it about 10 years ago when I was 30. And one of my friends was like, cool, man. Like you wrote your memoirs when you were 30. Like, awesome. Like (laughs) mocking me, like, what could you possibly have to say? And I was like, touche. But also like, I got emails from people who were like, uh, my favorite one I ever got was from a guy that I still kind of know. And he was like, it was just so heartwarming. He was like, I understood 95% of the references to the bands you were talking about. And I talked about so many obscure, tiny little Christian bands. And there's so many people who that like means something to. So I'm happy to talk about it. My story with faith is basically that I grew up in like a very stereotypical evangelical home. My parents were both sort of like nominally mainline when they were growing up, Mm -hmm. like vaguely Lutheran and Episcopal, but sort of not really. Um, And then they had kind of like probably pretty powerful, like personal conversion experiences in, in the seventies. Um, and so I was kind of born into that world. So I was born, I was sort of born, born again. Right. I was like born into that milieu. Um, and, and like, I, so we went to sort of like a, the mega church ish church. I I grew up in this town called Spokane, Washington, which is like a medium sized town in Eastern Washington, which is pretty, yeah, most people don't, but Mm -hmm. it's a, pretty conservative place. Like, and the nice thing about that is like DC talk doesn't come to Seattle, but they do come to Spokane. So (laughs) (laughs) I got to see all that stuff. Dallas, Spokane. (laughs) If you, yeah, if you really want to get a handle on what real America is like, (laughs) 
go to a Christian artist tour date or even a Christian Gilbert, Arizona Santa uh, yeah, you're a John Christ if you will doing his Louis comeback tour where it's like see where he's going or where he's not it going. is incredible tell you about yeah. the country Beverly Hills <laughs> all the all the major yeah major metropolitan areas so I you know I like I don't know if my story is that interesting like I, you know I went to sort of a mega churchish type church um was I was pretty into it as a kid. Like I, it all kind of made sense to me. And I think there were parts of it I that didn't I didn't super resonate with. But I think that the the biggest thing for me that kind of kept me in it or kind of like what would you say attracted me to it was when I discovered like Christian rock when I was a teenager. So wow. um I've been super into music my whole life. Like my dad is a high school band director for, for 40 years. And, um, so I, like, I was in choirs and bands and like, I played the drums and I played, my dad would bring home any instrument. So like, it was great because he's a band director. So I'd be like, this week I'm trying the trumpet. Cool. And I'd be like, my lips feel funny. I don't like this. And then it's like, <laughs> how about the trombone? That's actually worse and hurts more. Um, but eventually you, I, like volunteered yeah, to play, uh, in the worship band or anything like that. So I, I wanted to, that's the thing. It's yes. not that I was volunteered like I, and that's how, that is how I connected with it. So I was like, well, I like the drums more and I, I gravitated more towards like the rock instruments. And when I started going to the, our church's youth group, when I was like, I don't know, 12 or 13, I was like, I don't really, I was sort of a nerd. So I was like, I don't really relate to these people. Like the youth pastor seems cool, but like probably like he wouldn't want to be friends with me if we were the same age. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like he was just talking to me because like if we, his parents were like, you should go talk to that kid sitting alone by himself. You know? That's um, also that's an kinda... interesting singular feature of a youth pastor because the whole name of the game with that is accessibility. And hey, I'm a kid like you, but also let's pray. <laughs> so the yeah, idea of like so... a slightly out of reach, <laughs> inaccessible, kind of above the clouds youth pastor is very well, funny I mean, to me. Not that, th- not that he was that but just like I was I was just like on some different stuff you know or whatever Mm -hmm. so um but that's like I met people through playing music and it was like kind of other misfit kids who cared about the music it wasn't about the social scene or you went there because that was like what the cool kids from your high school did or whatever Mm -hmm. uh so I just met these like really nice unassuming kind people who just wanted to like play music and that was cool so I I learned, like, they taught me how to play guitar there, and I um, really enjoyed playing the drums with them, and that that's gave me the confidence to, like, start my own bands um, outside of there. And so that was, like, that was really my way in. I didn't particularly enjoy going to church. Like, I, like many of us, I frequently, like, faked illness on Sunday mornings <laughs> or, like, or, like... Hey, we've all like, faked oh, just, a conversion, right? Come on. I'm just right. really tired, you Man, know? I didn't, I didn't think about how COVID, you know, one of the many blessings of COVID is it probably gives kids a new thing to blame not going to church on. Like, oh, Bob, I think I have COVID this morning. <laughs> Every Sunday. <Absolutely. laughs> Weekly. Uh, yeah, I mean, that, it's recurring sadly, COVID. <laughs> but then I feel good the rest of the week. Sadly, <laughs> does not work for many churches, given the current political Yeah, situation. now it's like, good, Bring it <laughs> like pastor taught us to. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like I, I, you know, I, it's not that I was um, like anti-church or whatever, but it's just like, I didn't enjoy it a ton, but like, I just connected so much with the music. Um, and, and I discovered sort of like Christian radio. I've always loved radio um, and just that's what got me. So I would like, I was the kid who was sitting with my boom box on pause and record on Friday night when the rock show came on. Cause normally it was more of the adult contemporary style. Right. 
Oh my gosh. Oh, continue, but you've just yeah, unlocked so, a memory in me. Yeah, so I'm waiting for <laughs> Yeah, so I'm waiting for and I'm waiting for the coolest, you know, the edgiest stuff cuz that's what I want to record. So I'm waiting for um although this is no longer strikes me as edgy, but I'm waiting for, you know, audio adrenaline or I'm waiting for um, uh, this rap group called the Dynamic Twins. I don't know if you ever came across them. Yeah, real them. hard. The D two make way for the D two hotter than a beef stew, for example. Is Whoa, Dynamic Twins. This is a Christian rap duo. Yeah. Oh, some of the some of the early early nineties <laughs> Christian rap is so good. Did you guys ever come across D Boy? No. What yeah, D all this stuff on? and MC yeah. MC GG. Oh my uh, god. <laughs> actually, there was not a lot of D going on, but um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> as far as I know. Uh, in any case, um, that was just, I captured my man- imagination for whatever reason. And that was, that's how I felt, like, that's who I was. Like, I was a Christian rock scenester, and that was my, that was, like, my thing. And it was embarrassing. I would wear a Jars of Clay shirt to my high school, and people would be like, who's that? And I'd be like, uh, a cool band. Okay. <laughs> um, and it was, it was embarrassing to, like, admit that it was Christian. But that was, let me, I want to hear your, your boombox story, but um, I wanted very badly to be seen as somebody who was edgy and hip and underground. And Christian Rock let me do that because nobody knew who the bands were. So <laughs> I could just be like, I my musical taste is on such another level from all of you people. Like, you're listening to Nirvana, the Smashing Pumpkins. Like, I'm listening to Sixpence None the Richer. Have you heard of them? Now, this is before Kiss Me. Mm-hmm, but it's like, mm-hmm. have you heard of them? No, you haven't because I have a lot of credibility and, and I'm very cool. Uh, and that was like... <laughs> that perhaps put me on the path to becoming a music critic. But like, that was, that was my way in. Like that was, that cemented it for me. Like, this is who I want to be. I want to be the cool person music guy. who is a music guy. Now, here's but the like question also I have for you yeah. as it relates to this. Did you pretend to be, or were you ever actually into the mission of CCM, which was like also converting people yeah. to Christ through the so power of rock the and roll. <laughs> not at all. Like not even remotely. And that's what, so I, the, the thing in my book that probably I got the most mileage out of, uh, was I wrote this piece and it, it did, it was very powerful in like a bad way. I went to a concert <laughs> by a band that I feel like I shouldn't name, but I probably will in a minute. Um, and, uh, the show was, uh, they were actually opening for PFR, who was my favorite band. And uh, they're playing their rock and roll. And then there was this moment where the everything stopped. And you've, you've seen these altar calls and stuff, right? He's like, everybody, I just want to just take a minute here to tell you that, you know, the music that we're playing for you, is, it really doesn't matter at all. It's just a trick to get you to hear what we have to say. Like, he was just laying <laughs> it out. Just he was just a trick. That's what he said. That's what he said. <laughs> so funny. He's like, and really what we want is for you to know Jesus and whatever. And I was just like, I was... I felt like somebody had punched me in the face. Like I was like, I, this is my life. This music is my life. This this is the thing I care about the most in the world. Yeah, and, and he just and like you just said, told this me is just like that for- it is <laughs> nonsense. And I was like, what is happening? This is not-. and so like you know, part of me was like, look, I'm uh, sure, fine, yes, Jesus, I'm a Christian. That's cool. I'm into that. Like I do believe. I like I agree with you. I, I'll check the box with you. But you just told me that the. Th- Thing that I thought we were all here for is like crappy and dumb. And I was so disappointed. Mm. The band was Audio Adrenaline. 
<laughs> was it Stewart um, at the time? Was it? Yes, although it was. It, this yeah. was the original Audio Adrenaline, uh. not whatever monstrosity they evolved into. But, um, but what's so interesting about this? So this happened to me when I was a, te- a teenager, but obviously it made an impression enough on me for me to put it in my book. Relevant Magazine ran that excerpt ten years ago when my book came out, and two hundred people commented on it. 185 of whom were very upset about what I had to say about audio adrenaline. Oh, no. One of whom was Mark Stewart. Oh. Um, <laughs> lead singer, primary oh my God. songwriter of the band. What did he yes. say? Uh, he, uh, man, I don't, I honestly don't want to like diss him because like, I would feel like I've thought a lot about like what your responsibilities are as like a critic and what it means to think about talking about art that is meaningful to the people who made it. Like, so I, I don't think I said anything bad about them. Like, I don't think I said their music sucks or they're bad people, Mm -hmm. but I I would imagine that he felt personally attacked. And I think that's a reasonable feeling. I think he said, I didn't save it. And thankfully it's been erased from the internet, but (laughs) he said something like, oh yeah, I guess I guess all our hard work that we put into it was just a, tra- a trick, and like I guess all my charity work is just a trick. Like that kind of that kind of stuff. But, but that was his language, that. right? Yeah. yeah, I don't know if it was him who said it, but anyway. Yeah, hmm. maybe just, like that's what he took away from it. I feel like yeah. if anything, you were being more flattering to his music. Of like, I liked your music so much that yeah, it hurt so, me that you, you disparaged know. it almost or like said yeah. it was like a con into something else. Yeah, and so, and then what was really funny though was then the guy who was their touring drummer at the time, I don't know if he was still in the band at that point. It was Pete Best. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he was like, well, um, the first one didn't work out. Maybe this is the one will. <laughs> but um, their drummer also chimed in and he was like, it, it really was interesting. He's like, you know, I'd like to disagree with some of the stuff you said, but I can't really. Oh, Oh, interesting. So that was, you know, and my whole vibe was like, this was a bummer for me because I had been socialized into loving this. Like my church told me it was a good thing. Like my parents who, my parents didn't push it on me, but they like encouraged me. They're like, okay, he likes this. That's great. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, and you guys kind of like let me down because I thought this like was important and mattered. And so, you know, I, I, I do feel a little bit bad that he might have felt like I was attacking them. But this this comes up from time to time. This is not the first artist I've had this type of run in with. So. I mean, I don't know if you can name names, but but while you're thinking about that, the thing it's kind of reminding me of is the sort of new phenomena of 21st century criticism of I want to say like the last five to seven years, maybe five to eight years, and tracking that with the rise of sand culture on social media and Twitter, where now not even like pans that music critics give artists or albums, but even lukewarm takes are met, not even by the fandom, but by the artists themselves with absolute like animosity and an adversarial, like I'm thinking of the NK Powers piece that she wrote about uh, one of Lana Del Rey's albums. I was very thoughtful, but critical in parts, but mostly very positive. Or the uh, Pitchfork review of the Lizzo album that came out a couple years ago. And in both those cases, the artists were directly interacting with the critics and saying like, you don't know me, you don't get it, you don't understand who I am. Which is like, one, they were both kind of nuanced takes on it and the actual like meaning of the word criticism, which is like, you know, sifting through that stuff thoughtfully. And then two, there was this kind of built-in expectation of fealty to whatever the art form was. In the same way that I think it must function 
you know, since day one of, of CCM and Christian music, where it's like, well, if you criticize me, you're kind of criticizing the message. The kind of like sleight of hand Adam McKay does with people who don't like Don't Look Up, where it's like, oh, I understand if you don't like it, if you want climate change to happen and want to kill the earth, where it's like, ah, I don't know if it's quite that. But that expectation and that sort of like um, zealotry that's now more part of mainstream secular culture and the kind that you've probably experienced by, you know, Christian artists talking with you and communicating with you that way. Yeah, it's kind of well, all of one piece now, you know? Yeah, and I, I don't, I mean, p- p- partly for that reason, I don't like to pan things as a critic. Like, I've written very few negative reviews in the 20 years I've been writing about music. I wrote, the, the one time I wrote one, I wrote just this scathing review of this, I don't even know what the band was. They were this emo band. <clears throat> and I just wrote a like a hundred word review that was just like, these are children who are bad at what they do. And I looked at it and I was just like, why would I want to do that to those people? (laughs) They really are. Like, if I really believe that, that they are just children who don't know what they're doing, like, I'm not going to like hurt their feelings in public. (laughs) Like, that's not very nice. And so uh, to me, like, like music criticism or whatever, music writing or whatever you call it, it is like, it's about what I say in my new book is it's actually about love. It's actually about caring about something so much that you want to get into it, explain it, um, uh, describe it, open it up, exegete it, you know, whatever, Mm -hmm. right? Like that's, and so I'm sympathetic with those people who respond in that knee jerk way to, to true criticism. Uh, I think it's bad for like society and for art. Um, but actually as somebody who like, learned about music criticism from reading Christian publications, surprisingly, I think a strength of it is that it's not out to to get people, right? It's not out to say, like, you made a crappy album and we're going to take you down. Um, it's kind of nice uh, that it feels like critics and artists are on a team together in that world. Mm, yeah, that's, um, a, that's even, a unique dynamic. Even if their team is, like, maybe weird and it's, like, for the wrong reasons. But... Um, uh, you know, I, I like the idea, and and I use this quote all the time, but the idea that rock music and rock criticism or pop music and pop criticism are a parallel effort. It's people who care about the same stuff working on the same stuff just from different sides. Hmm. Yeah, that's a lovely idea because that's obviously not the case in other corners of culture where it does feel more like, all right, show us what you got. And if the idea of like through writing or interrogating a piece of media is like, okay, yeah, we're coming to this on the same side. Are you holding up your end of the bargain or whatever the case may be as far as what we agree are the intentions or the goals or the commonalities with that? That's so fascinating. That's that's well said, I think. So in any case, like, yeah, music and even writing about music were just like, that was the way I most connected with my faith as a teenager. And I got into college. I went to a Christian, so I went to Catholic high school and then like Christian, more evangelical college. Um, and I just kept at it and like, I got, I got a bit more into, I didn't really go to church in college, uh, because it was a Christian college. So that's kind of like, why would you? Because you're just at church 24 <laughs> seven. So really that's how go I felt going to a Christian school in high school. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, so, more of this. Uh, <laughs> can I ask why you decided to go to a Christian college? Yeah. I mean, partly for dubious reasons. Like, I think, I think that I, <laughs> I knew that, I mean, like, I Do you want to do all the drinking you get to do there? Yeah. (laughs) Like, I was a pretty, I was a pretty, like, um, what's the word? Like, I didn't, I was very, 
I was a real rule follower. Like I didn't mm-hmm. have alcohol till I was 21. Square, and I loser, <laughs> zero. Wow. Um, I didn't, you know, I didn't do other stuff until it became legal in the country where I live now. Um, and I'll just, I'll just let you imagine what that could possibly <laughs> what could, be. What could he Tattoos? mean? <laughs> oh, man. Um, uh, Postmates? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, in any case, um, yeah, I think like so. Uh, partly, it was like I wanted that atmosphere, I guess. But also, I was like, I think I'll be kind of a weirdo if I go to a non-Christian college. Like, <laughs> yeah. and if I go to, but if I go to a Christian college, I'll be like a cool weirdo. <laughs> and so I'll be like, I'll be like, <laughs> you were just so using your I, pond. <laughs> yeah, when I went to when I went to like preview, I think I said this in the book. When I went to like the preview weekend of the Christian College, I brought this is so oh man, this says a lot about Let's me. Go. I brought my I brought my copy of Catcher in the Rye with me. Oh, I had read it. Oh, <laughs> I had read it many times already, but I made sure to bring it with yeah. me. Yeah. Listen, <laughs> and, we didn't um, know what college was going to be. <laughs> bunch of phonies. You don't want to be the only one not carrying around in a cool any book. case. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> in any case, it was all these, all these. I like stayed in this dorm that was like the. I guess it was like this that their equivalent of like the frat boy dorm. We don't really have those, but you know. Uh, <laughs> and everybody was like just giving me the side eye the whole time as I was sitting there reading Catcher in the Rye, and I was like, A, this sucks, kind of, but B, I'm sort of in my element because this is who I want to be. <laughs> like, <laughs> I want to be like a cool weirdo reading J.D. Salinger at a square, Christian frat boy college or whatever. I so get what you're doing. that worked out pretty well for me. <laughs> um, yeah, I had a good time there. And that brand of, you know, kind of separating the phonies from the non-phonies continues to this day <laughs> in your work. <laughs> I wish it didn't. I mean, I try not to, but <laughs> that is something about, you know, no, we're all, the point of Salinger is you got to embrace the phonies too. You don't realize that till you get deeper into him, but yeah. Yeah. Um, so as far as your adult life and then kind of your relationship to, well, even just kind of brought it out to the the music itself, because uh, I know your your faith probably had different ebbs and flows at different times, but in this sort of almost uh, post-Santa Claus isn't real moment where people are saying, hey, it's a trick. We're tricking you. Like, did you have less of an attachment to the music or want to invest less into kind of interrogating those ideas and and understanding the music? Definitely. I mean, I think that was a bit of the beginning of the end of my like Christian rock fandom for sure. And I, I think again, to me, like music has always been a way that I, 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 I still think it's, it's an absolutely miraculous. I do not understand how vibrating strings and putting your voice sometimes up here and sometimes down here makes Uh. it. (laughs) <laughs> exactly, just like that. Music. I don't understand how one right there. <laughs> one man, one one tool man from the nineties yeah. launched a thousand franchises. Make the yeah. hairs on your neck stand exactly. up. No, but it's there's something so <laughs> mysterious and magical. <laughs> I wish you hadn't ruined this. But, <laughs> but in no, many, try not to think of uh, and just keep going. Okay. <laughs> Um, oh my lord! Don't think about it. But what? It's not some people. It's not music. Some people. It's silly things like that. But no. But there's just something um, so beautiful and mysterious about music that still, to me, is 
it is a it is a signpost to to something holy. Um, mm-hmm. And so I I never really ditched the faith. Like I definitely, if you were like, "Are you a Christian?" I'd be like, "Yes," but not the bad kind. You know, like that's or whatever. Like mm-hmm. that's which even that. Like I think I'm at a point where that feels a little crappy to say now too. <laughs> did you guys read that profile of Rob Bell uh, a couple of weeks ago? No, wait, who oh, did this? I'm sure it's it was delicious. A, yeah, it was really good. Um, Did Pete Holmes oh, do it? Who was it? <laughs> no, but it was like, it was somebody in Southern California um, for a, uh, I think it was either a national magazine or a, it was, it was a very well written piece, okay. but uh, the, the the guy after, after the whole thing about what's your story and deconstructing this and that, the, 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 the writer's like, sorry, a Christian and Rob Bell goes, fuck yeah. <laughs> An so evangelical like, icon finds salvation in West Hollywood. This uh, looks like it's Los Angeles magazine. Uh, we have. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This one. Really, actually a really good piece. But like, I'd like to be able to say that, you know, like, yeah, I'm a Christian. Like there's some dumb stuff about Christianity, but like, yeah, I am. So I think that, you know, the culture, like many of us, like I don't understand that culture anymore. I don't live in it anymore. Um, I don't, uh, I, I, and certainly in recent years, I think it's like mostly bad now. Um, <laughs> so like without being too negative about it, uh, but like, um, I don't have a problem with like still being a Christian and still believing that stuff. Cause, uh, a lot of the stuff that I learned from those Christian rock bands, like it still rings true to me. Mm-hmm. Like there's, there are things that matter, um, that still matter to me, it, even if like audio adrenaline was lying to me or whatever. (laughs) Yeah. I find that too. And I find like maybe we have this in common where I feel like the sort of artists and bands I'm attracted to that have nothing to do with Christianity have the commonality of it feels like in their work and in their music that they're serving something else that's not just like brand extension or cult of personality or a boros of... I'm me because I'm me. So here's this music, but it feels uh, at least kind of uh, humbled at the altar of, of something else, whether it's like a particular principle or virtue or ideology, or even like some, you know, fr- frivolous like utopian ideal or community and, and things of that nature. I feel like I'm attracted to those things in the way that maybe you were too, in the sense of like what Christian music meant. Totally. And now as like, you know, 40 something adult, like my favorite, like if you to say, what are my favorite bands tonight right now? They're the Mountain Goats and the Weaker Thans, two amazing bands with amazing lyricists, both actually kind of Christian in their own way. Actually, you know, most mm-hmm. Weaker Than songs, I would say are probably prayers. <laughs> um, and the Mountain Goats, I mean, people literally do write dissertations about the Mountain Goats and Christianity. <laughs> so mm-hmm. like you, those things have a way of finding their way to you. Because when I started listening to those bands, I had no inkling that the songwriters might have a faith or, but there was, there's like this large hearted openness to the world and that things like stuff matters and like, and that just like, that, that never went away for me. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. Uh, Caroline, thoughts? <laughs> I need to look up the weaker things. <laughs> oh, man. I'm going to go oh, check them out later. The well, there's a great thing. Uh, there's a meme by Daniel Craig where they're they're the musical okay. guest on SNL and that he goes, ladies and gentlemen, the weaker thens. <laughs> and that's become a big meme on Twitter for some he reason. Knows about it. <laughs> he it. found out about it on the celebrity. He knows about it. Canada's best, Canada's best rock band, bar, bar none. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, we want to talk more rock music with you. So... Joel, thank you so much for sharing your story you, and your sort of guest morning with us. Thank you. Let's talk PFR. Let's take a quick break and we'll be right back with more good Christian fun.
This HeadGum Podcast is brought to you by Aura Frames. That is right. Uh, from grandmothers to new mothers, aunts, even the friends of your life, every mom loves an Aura Frame. Holy shit, even aunts? Yes, especially aunts. Oh, wow. Because it was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter and selected as one of Oprah's favorite things. I mean, these Aura Frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. I believe it. You have an Aura Frame, don't you? Yes, I actually more than believe it. I know it. Uh, I've got one for my mom, my mother-in-law, my grandmother-in-law. And dare I say your aunt? And dare you say my aunt and my aunt-in-law. Everyone's got one. Everyone loves them. I mean, Mother's Day is right around the corner, and there's no better gift than a digital photo frame. You give them the frame. It's got preloaded pictures in there. And you know what? You can update it with an app. So every time you take a new picture of a sweet little uh, person or place or thing in your life, it gets automatically sent to that frame. Exactly. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. Holy smokes. Excellent deal. Yeah, that's A-U-R-A Frames.com. You use the code HEADGUM at checkout to save. HEADGUM. Nice. Yes. Headgum. It's easy to set up. It's loved by everybody, including Oprah, including your aunt. Mm -hmm. So do check them out. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code headgum at checkout to save. Damn right. And terms and conditions apply, of course. Of course. Thanks again to Aura. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Welcome back to Good Christian Fun. It's time for another edition of Singles Ministry. It's it's already a little slow. <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> I like this new uh, baritone voice you it's have, Kevin. <laughs> I'm starting a, a barbershop quartet <laughs> very, very soon. All, all four parts by you. Before we get into looking into the past with PFR, Joel, I would, I would like to get just real quick because I know we we've talked about the kind of shrug shoulders of the current state of things right now, as far as Christian media and Christian music goes, when you do peek in your head to see what's going on and, and whether it's chart stuff or what's, you know, more popular, even from the praise and worship perspective, do you notice any trends or any large narratives other than like praise and worship supplanted pop music? And there's no such thing as like band bands anymore in the Christian space. Yeah. I mean, I wish I could. I just, I'm so, like I said, I'm so removed from that world. Like, even though like, I can tell people I'm the music critic for Christianity today. Like, I don't know any Christian songs or artists from the last 10 years. So, no. Um, a one, trend that, one trend that I do know about that is interesting to me is seeing, and this just popped into my head, but the, the way that um, Christian artists who didn't go the praise and worship route have managed to 
kind of forge a new path. So have you heard of these festivals? There was the Cornerstone Festival, right? Like back in the day. Mm -hmm. But there are these festivals that have been popping up like recently to take its place. Like Furnace Fest. Have you heard of this? Mm -mm. Furnace uh, Fest. Yeah. What's the uh, audio feed is one, I think. And so it's really interesting to see these bands. It's like bands that were popular 20 years ago. Uh And apparently there's enough of of us now with like the disposable income, the nostalgia and the genuine like love for this music that like, if you put it together a festival, you can just be like, I would like the following bands to reunite dashboard confessional. You, you just list your five favorite bands and seemingly now all those bands are like, okay, okay. we'll do it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and so that's the part that I like because so like recently it was like, uh, I, I feel like we're manifesting this. Like people of a certain age, like I would really like Sunny Day Real Estate to get back together, and they're like, "We have been summoned." And like they create yeah, a Twitter all you have to account. do is like, tweet at the five members, and they're like, "Okay, <laughs> next but, weekend, good for you." Like, <laughs> which is awesome because, like, those. I think that's a one cool thing about. I mean, despite the fact that, like, the the sort of nicheification of just culture in general or music in general. So one thing it did was it, it made worship become like the only viable genre because it's the lowest common denominator that you can get the most evangelicals to listen to. Um, but outside of that, you've got these funky like. I don't think long tail is a thing anymore, but you've got these funky like long tail bands that's like, well, sure, the worship bands might have like 60% of the listeners, but these little tiny bands that have 3,000 people who love them, they're doing really cool stuff and they figured out how to make a career doing that. So whether it's like that band has a podcast now, which maybe they shouldn't, but like, or like this <laughs> band is like, um, they are, all have side projects that you can, or this band is like, reissuing every single record on 180 gram vinyl uh, that that nerdy kind of like um really digging into your favorite band stuff that's kind of what i like and that's that's the part that i see um so that's fun i haven't been to any of these shows because a covid and b like i'm an old so i don't actually go to concerts but i like the idea <laughs> i know i have that same mentality too with a lot of concerts of like what would i do dance what is what's gonna happen <laughs> Happy to see you're doing it <laughs> godspeed last concert i went to was an orchestra playing the back the black panther thing uh you know full score at the hollywood bowl so that's kind of my taste matrix that's right good. now Kevin's very i bad. did i go to see <laughs> sufjan i go to see sufjan stevens you know every five years or whatever and that's mm-hmm. good so <laughs> yeah when a little bird comes out of his nest you know Joel, there's one word you need to know about when you think of modern christian music okay pay attention it's Daigle, okay? So that's all you need to know. It's a Daigle sans. It's a beautiful day to be a Daigle girl. The daigle uh, that's really all you continues need to know. <laughs> in 2022. the past, present, and future of CCM. And she competes with us. She, uh, daigle Bites, her podcast, is coming back for season two. Yeah, or is back we're already. peers. Yes. Uh-huh. Is that part of joke? The Daigle Bites, is that real? Daigle Bites is extremely real. And it is for real a podcast. A podcast she did. That's awesome. She, picked, she did it for like do. a couple months and then <laughs> just stopped. And then uh, I guess it's coming back because maybe she's hit a, another slow patch in the tour. I mean, and, good for her because that's right. an amazing name and that fits really well. And that's she's right. teaming up this time with Amazon. We oh can my see gosh. In the cover art. Jeff Bezos presents Daigle Bites. Dad, thank you, Daddy Bezos. Wow. Yep. And uh, season one started the other day. Lori Gottlieb on anxiety, compassion, and mental health. Oh, Things that Christians care about. On this. Christians love to talk about mental health. If there's a school shooting, always have, let's talk about mental health. Always will. If there's an oppressive draconian talk, uh, lockdown, in the nation. Let's talk about mental health and how literally everyone is killing themselves. 
uh, because of the lockdown. So thank you, Lauren, for carrying the torch uh, in that way. <laughs> oh, shuts out. But, you know, that's that's kind of the present and future. Let's talk about the past and, and PFR, which Caroline was making a little joke in the beginning. It doesn't stand for Tasteless you know what. Tasteless joke. I'm sorry. A, a sort of offensive <laughs> joke to all parties involved. <laughs> PFR actually stands for pussy footing around. Oh my god! <laughs> it does pussy footing round. Pussy footing uh, round. <laughs> it stands for pray for rain, uh, which is taken yeah. from a poem. I, and there was actually a band that did have the same name, and they were. It was sort of a. You know, we're familiar with the Lady Antebellum, Lady A saga. It's a little bit like that. Uh, Pray for Rain did sue them and take legal action. They're like, okay, okay, we're just PFR. Lady Antebellum changed their name because Antebellum was offensive. Well, no, this is, to be clear. Another band named Lady Lady Antebellum? Lady Antebellum uh, saw the Black Lives Matter protest. They're like, wait, is Antebellum bad? Uh, And then they changed it to Lady A. There's a black artist whose name was Lady A. And she was like, uh, I, my, I'm Lady A. This sucks. And they're like, sorry, we're not changing it. And they had a legal back and forth. So they oh did champion God. black women by uh, <laughs> in <laughs> that moment. Writing over them. That's right. <laughs> uh, so PFR, Pray, pray for Rain, uh, a sort of... Uh, Mark Nash, who we've talked to uh, his ex-wife, Lee Nash, on the show before, the the drummer of Pray for Rain. Uh, crossover. You could probably, Joel, give a better sort of bird's eye overview of their history and genre, the kind of pop, Brit pop, uh, rock Beatles influence of it all and whatnot. Sure. I think, yeah, they were, they, to me, they were the ones who fit. Uh, did you ever hear All-Star United? They of course, might have been yeah. More, they, were, they were more, the, so I would say All-Star United w- was like the blur of CCM, but mm-hmm. before All-Star <laughs> United was PFR as like sort of the Beatles of, I mean, you could say, I guess Phil Kagey was the Beatles of CCM. Mm-hmm. So does that make PFR like the wings or the... Anyway, the PFR wings was, of yeah, that's, that's not, I don't think they would be offended at that, but they were, uh, they were just a really sort of clean, crisp, like very beautiful, well-crafted pop songs, harmonies, very Beatlesque, and, and not like, not, not a super heavy rock band, although they did some heavier rock stuff later on, but they just were just that slightly left of center thing where it was like Christian pop radio didn't quite know what to do with them. So they weren't super popular on there. But they found a lot of of fans of people like me, I guess, who like that kind of thing. So I had I had an entire wall of my bedroom when I was uh, between the ages of fourteen and sixteen dedicated to PFR, and wow. we're like a large a large wall, like uh, I yeah, would full say Helga. Uh, yeah, eight by. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what that is. <laughs> they were your hey you Arnold. You worship them. Yeah, Helga, you love them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe a shrine. <laughs> yeah, a, a, sh- a shrine to your beloved. <laughs> Essentially, yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I, I don't actually know what you guys are talking about, but I'm sure it's relevant. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, so, and I, my girlfriend in high school would make fun of me because I had these like autographed headshots of them. And she was like, Aww. why do you have like <laughs> autographs of like three men making sexy faces like on your wall? Excuse and me. Did like, they each have their own headshots? Oh yes, yeah. So, you got, uh, so they would individually take headshots. No, no, no. So <laughs> if okay. you're if you're a giant music nerd, you you may know this, Kevin. You go to the record store and you say, when you're done with the PFR yep. display, yep. can I, I please that. have it? Uh, I see. Uh-huh. Okay, okay, gotcha. So yeah. when they were done with the flats, as they're called in the industry, uh-huh. um, I would get those and then I would get Aww. them autographed. That's so, so nice. Um, 
yeah. So I I just think they're a great band. Just super and very like quite thoughtful. Like obviously like very much in the church evangelical world, but willing to explore stuff outside of that. So a lot of stuff about wrestling with doubt, a lot of stuff about um just, you know, not not like super squeaky clean stuff, which I liked. So Now their their original name of the band was for real called Inside Out before they changed it to Pray for Rain. Uh, but they did face a lawsuit from the Pixar Corporation. Uh, <laughs> Pixar plans ahead. Years in advance. Like, it knowing. was incredible, the forethought. MCU-level planning. That they had. <laughs> but you would almost put them in the same category as Small Town Poets, if people are familiar with that band, which also had kind of like jingle jangly, the sort of 90s guitar that, at least for my personal taste, I like and I want. Uh, yes, uh, based out of Minnesota, you had Patrick Andrew, Joel Hansen, Mark Nash, uh, were the core three of the band. And the song you picked today, Joel, is a song called Goldie's Last Day from the album of the same name from the year 1993. And Caroline, this is kind of a long one, but I'm wondering if you can hit the goalpost on this song before there's any singing. Okay. We have started the song. Oh, this is hear. with the full the full piano intro. Okay, yeah. Well, it's another beautiful day in Southern California. Today we're going to have a lot of traffic on the 405 and um everything is going to work out just fine. If you stay tuned for the sweepstakes coming up later, give us a call and let us know what's your favorite PFR song. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Goldie's Last Day by Coon Rain. PRF? I don't know why you think I'm going to be good at this. (laughs) I never hit it. Now. You almost did. We never asked and never gave her a choice. We just barked out. Wait for it, wait for it. 77, that's more than 11. She outlived her Talk around town as that Goldie passed away. Goldie's last day. Goldie's last day. If a picture paints a thousand words, there's nothing left to
So, one of just the re- real quick, yeah, I, I'm I'm sure you don't play that whole thing when you p- do the podcast. You faded it out right before the Rhodes piano plays taps. Didn't know you if you were aware of that. Oh, and it's okay. And finally, almost imperceptibly, at the very end, a dog snuffles around the microphone. Aww. That's oh, so that's sad, man. Kevin so is about to cry. Yes. Oh shit. Oh. Okay, I gotta stop it, man. Yeah. Kevin's and you're wrong. We do play the whole thing against all better legal <laughs> judgment. <laughs> yeah, that is a. I cannot recommend that. <laughs> no, and I don't either. Thank you, Emma. Uh, Goldie's last day from the album of the same name, a song that is not necessarily Christian in lyrical nature, in musical nature, and almost anti-Christian in the modern conception of it, in that it is pro-vaccine. <laughs> in that it's anti-freedom. Yes, it's it's pro-vaccine and anti-freedom and God in Christ we are free and he is the vaccine. Um yes, it, this is a song about a, a dying dog. I I want to a dead dog. I it's a dead to, dog, yeah, let's be clear. Yeah. I'm gonna read a little Excerpt from our hymnal, the Encyclopedia of Contemporary Christian Music by Mark Allen Powell, who in the entry for PFR writes, music historians attribute significance to PFR's aforementioned song, Goldie's Last Day. Although it may seem odd to anyone not acquainted with the confounding strictures of the contemporary Christian music culture, the tune sparked a good deal of controversy at the time as it was released, not because there was anything controversial about the song, but because there's nothing religious about it. It's simply a song about life in the real world, where dogs usually die before they're human friends. As such, there's no noticeable difference between Goldie's Last Day and songs that would be played on regular Top 40 radio. The question was, (laughs) what makes it a Christian song and a candidate for airplane Christian stations? The The concern seems ridiculous, since one of the basic tenets of Christianity is that faith encompasses all life, not just religious matters. But the question was raised nonetheless, and PFR ended up serving as the forerunners to Sixpence None the Richer in challenging silly assumptions that undergird much of the contemporary Christian music industry's activities. That's uh, great. Yeah. I mean, I feel I, I, fair, I guess. It, I, I don't know if I agree. Like, it's absolutely indistinguishable from top <laughs> Yeah. There's a, I mean, there are so many classic songs about dead dogs. Like, I just, I mean, you name an artist, do they They have a dead dog song. I mean, I feel like Black this is Peas, all they were playing on MTV. Kanye West, Madonna. I mean, dead dogs, dead Bruce dogs, Springsteen. dead dogs. It's nothing but dead dogs on top Wait, of Wait, there is a dead dog in a Bruce Springsteen song now that I think. Probably. But that's a criticism I've often had of secular music, that there are too, almost too many dead dogs in it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I felt th- that too. You know, it feels a little morbid. It feels a little too much. <laughs> uh, but in any case... Uh, I, I love uh, that book, by the way. I think the author, he editorializes so much in it in really fun ways. It's so funny. He he gets a little wild sometimes. Also, I love that he says they're the forerunner to Sixpence on the Richer because when Mark Nash married Lee Bingham, it was 
I, w- I was so excited because they were my two favorite bands. I was like, this like, is oh, incredible. America's Sweethearts. <laughs> One of my favorite memories ever of, of being a teenager uh, was when I was about 16, Sixpence Another Richer uh, came and played a show at my church because, you know, it was Spokane, not yeah. Seattle. And, um, and uh, Mark Nash was, was playing rhythm guitar for them at the time. And... I, w- I sold merch for Sixpence, so I stood at the table oh, yeah. after wow. the show. It was great. I was like, I was in yes. heaven. And so, And I just like, I was just, even in my mind, I was like, I've got to do this. And so just casually, somebody asked me about a shirt, and Mark Nash was over there. And it's like, hey, Mark, how much are the shirts again? And he just looked at me like, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> Basically part but of I was band. Like, he said, yeah, how I, dare you speak to me? <laughs> do you know who I am? No, so I have, I actually have, because I loved PFR so much, I have several embarrassing stories about meeting or attempting to meet them. So um, I went uh, to a show of theirs at a, at a high school auditorium. And afterwards, I went to get their autographs. And Patrick Andrew, the bassist, had been sick that day. And I was like, Oh, uh, oh, I love you guys so much or whatever. Can you sign this? Uh, and he didn't hear what I said. And he looked at me and he goes, oh, sorry, I, I have a cold. I'm, I'm zoning. And I could not, I know now he said I'm zoning. I couldn't understand the words he was saying when he said I'm zoning. And I didn't know. And I said, I'm sorry, what? And he goes, I'm zoning. And I was like, uh, I'm sorry, I can't understand. And I, it, this repeated. It was like oh, those nightmares no, where, no, you no, can't, no. where you can't run. Oh. And I just heard myself repeating, sorry, oh, no. what? I didn't hear you. Oh, and he, he finally looked at me and he's like, I, I, ha- I don't feel well. I'm zoning. And my best friend who was with me at the time to this day brings that up constantly. <laughs> I'm zoning. I love that he refused to rephrase it either. Being like, sorry, I spaced out or like, I'm not feeling well. <laughs> zoning, man. I don't know. But it, I was just so nervous to meet. And then we, uh, I went to, on their farewell tour for my 18th birthday, my parents uh, drove me to Portland, Oregon to go see them on their farewell tour. And uh, we got, we went to a meet and greet at a Christian bookstore where they were. And I will always remember this because there was a picture of the band they were touring with, which was called Dogs of Peace, an amazing Christian rock band name. Uh, and Dogs they of had, Peace. Yeah, Dogs Instead of Instead of Dogs you know, of War. Jars of, yeah, Jars of Clay. Do- oh, right. Do- yeah, I, of course. <laughs> I never, I, I, I always thought it was like Jars of Clay, Dogs of Peace. I don't know. But, um, but uh, I remember one of the guys from PFR, first of all, I knew they were kindred spirits because they were walking around this tiny Christian bookstore making fun of all the bands. And so I was like, oh, these guys are great. Um, but I just remember one of them drew, uh, drew a, oh, this is bad now because it was, it was funnier then. But one of them drew a, drew a swastika on the forehead of oh. one of the guys in the, in the oh other God. band. <laughs> I think at the time it was meant to be like, I'm making fun of my friend. Like I'm trying to make him look like a loser or whatever. What if I put a mustache um, on him or a yeah. sign of By the way, I'm not saying hate. that like swastikas were okay in 1998 and they're not now. We didn't That's know not... in 1998 what swastikas meant. We didn't know what the Nazis meant. did. Yeah. We thought it was an art collective. <laughs> in any case, I just remember thinking like, oh, these are like goofy, fun people. Uh, mm-hmm. But I was so nervous that I didn't talk to them. So my dad ended up talking to Joel Hansen for like 20 minutes. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, anyway. Silly sweet dads yeah. doing pass interference on their son's weird Christian rock idols. <laughs> <laughs> Goldie's I Stay, the appeal of this song, like I, in my in my limited knowledge and understanding of PFR, I, I get that they are a little more light and creative in the sense of their musical arrangements. And you can even hear in the song that they're definitely going after uh, almost, almost like queen adjacent sort of like vocal harmonies and the kind of pretty 
um, multi-layered vocal tracking that Freddie Mercury would do in some of this stuff. And obviously like a little... Uh, a little Beatles with the stuff. The, the the Beatles element being less John Lennon and more Paul's like, I'm going to write a song about, of you know, a fly I saw. You know, like the kind of Tin Pan Alley novelty, you know, uh, uh, sort of situation. And yes, they seem like uh, silly. They do seem like silly British boys having a little goof. Uh, now, the, the subject of this goof is something that we joke about a lot of stuff on this show, but there's a few taboo subjects that I think are just like never funny. And I'll even have to say what those are, but I am forced to say that in this case, like the idea that a dog would die is like really offensive. I think to people of all, of all walks of life and, and backgrounds, I think that's just like a messed up thing to kind of be pol- propagating and proliferating in the culture. And in 2022, and, like we don't do that, you know? No. And, and it just feels like, again, like we didn't know about swatchkas in 1998. In 1993, they didn't know that like even suggesting that um, a good boy would no longer be living is Aww. like, like just really problematic and kind of messed <laughs> up. And and I'm sure now they wouldn't like totally stand by that. Um, and it's something that as I listened to this on my stereo, as I did today, my own little dude, Dexter, um, did look at me and he, he wasn't critical, but he just gave me a look knowing like, you know better than this, right? <laughs> you know better than this. And I, I did have to reassure. You need to and, do and, some reading. And I do. And I do. <laughs> and especially the idea that a dog's death may have been foul play, as is suggested well, by the here, end of the song. What, yes, here's what about? I'd like to get into. So I had a conversation with somebody about this recently. And I this this crazy new conspiracy theory about Goldie's Last Day escaped me at the time. So I would like you to walk me through it. Because to me, it's very clear. Let me just tell you what I believe to be the mainstream view of the song. And then you and then can we're gonna tell get me to the Q view the QAnon the version. <laughs> yes. The, so we are the the bridge, the delightfully cartoony bridge, we are confident that this incident was not an accident. To me, this suggests the dog did not was not hit by a car. The dog was not um did not drown in a swimming pool. Uh, but the dog in fact died of natural causes. I would like to give further evidence to this point by the next line. Uh, she, oh, so he does say as per our investigation. So why is it being investigated? <laughs> I will give you that. I'm curious about that. But the follow-up and the result you might say of the investigation is she never missed a vaccination. So indeed she did not die. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, he's working it out. He's Sherlocking on so the zoom call. Couldn't have died. She couldn't have died of natural causes because she had all her vaccinations. And as we all know, the only thing you can die of is things that you're vaccinated against. <laughs> That's right. Vaccinated against them. Um, so I'm, I may have to rethink this, but no, my assumption was always that this was a dog that died of old age, and yeah, uh, she had one last day, and they they said their goodbyes. It's like it's a very beautiful, sweet song. So you tell me the weird, crazy conspiracy theory that she was somehow murdered, possibly by political operatives. Oh, Goldie was assassinated by Big Cat, Big Cat Lobby. <laughs> Also, Is that what you're suggesting? As far as the titular last day, we don't hear that much about it. We don't know. Did yeah. Goldie have a meal? Did did she or he or they have, a, you know, a, a nice walk in a park with their companion? And their well, friend? let me tell you, according to the 1992 home, or sorry, not it would have been 1996-ish or 5-ish uh, home video PFR Unleashed, which I owned multiple copies of. <laughs> Um, PFR Unleashed. Unleashed. Yes. By Caroline's Thank version, you. that would be terrifying. 
<laughs> crazy. Um, Goldie was allegedly a real dog owned by one of the members, and that uh, the dog was on the day they knew that the dog needed to be put to sleep. They went did like a photo shoot with the dog and like went out and like did a last little thing. Now, I in my own personal mythology, that photo shoot is the album cover. I'm pretty sure that can't be true. Um, I, yeah, I don't because, think so. but it kind of checks out because Goldie is in the photo. Does Goldie oh, look? Oh, maybe. Does, does the dog look like it's pretty old and or has yeah. a disease that it yes. needed Agreed. to be vaccinated? Yes. Ugh. In fact, it has little so, lines emanating from its head like it's either stinky or maybe radioactive. Or thinking. <laughs> Big time. <laughs> we just all had – that was just around all of us in the 90s. You don't remember that? We just had those lines <laughs> coming true. out of our – yeah. Yeah, It's didn't a know. Keith Haring kind of thing. You know, so, there is uh, – and, and in the lyric it does say, if a picture paints a thousand words, so is that the picture – or is the That's picture sort of, another clue to Goldie's reasonable but still perhaps untimely death? We need to look more into the photographic <laughs> we, evidence. We we are transforming, you know, three letters to another three letters, PFR into JFK theories mm. in terms of the <laughs> We never asked scrutiny. her, never gave her a choice. Mm. Mm. This is an anti-vax song at the very least. That's for sure. Well, oh, because... No choice. A, uh, she, a mandate. She was up to date on her vaccines, and that so that could be the only cause of death. So Goldie's last day is oh. she is a casualty of the vaccine. Yeah, <laughs> she, um, she died. Medical fascism in this country. She outlived her peers. If you, despite yeah, that. If oh you my look god. At at Vares, is it Vares? Is that how you say it? The thing everybody uses to pretend that there's a lot of vaccine deaths. The V A E R S or whatever. No. Uh, oh, I don't know this site, but oh, this I, I is bet the my thing. mom does. <laughs> it's a database that has all all um, adverse reactions to all vaccines that the U.S. government has run for years. Uh, and there's uh, so literally, if you get vaccinated and then like the next day you like get hit by a bus, like that would be in there. <laughs> oh, perfect. <laughs> so uh, there may be. We're gonna have to do a search on that database for uh, golden retrievers, dogs named Goldie. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's expand it. Any pet named Goldie, goldfishes, cats. The newspaper mentions. Um, Goldie yeah, Hawn and her Goldie subsidiaries, Khan. Kate Hudson. Oh, wow. Barzical. Oh, guys, we stumbled onto something Wish insane you could have been here. And then, Joel, I, w- I want to know and understand, as far as like uh, the theological bent of most of PFR stuff, does this feel aberrant? Does this feel all of one piece as far as the content that they made that was... Yeah, I mean, most of their songs from those records uh, have a more distinctly Christian feel, I would say. Um, they were never like a worship band because uh, it was sort of before that. But I would say, I'd say like, they, like my favorite song on that record is called Satisfied. And it's just like, it's just about, it's just like musings about, it's like, I never want to be satisfied. Just when I thought I had everything, it was a lie. For so long now, I've been wasting time. It's not. It's not really about God or faith. It's just like, hey, here's what's going on in my life. Here's how I feel. So, I think it's. I think it fits with the record. And I mm-hmm. think, um, you know, they were. They were like, in that way, they were more attractive to me than some bands that were just the the one I always um, like to pull out is DC Talks song. Uh, hey, you parentheses. I'm into Jesus. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's the Hey You that does it. Like PFR was not a Hey You band. You know. <laughs> Hey, yeah. you, Ben. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, it hey is bands, so but, aggressive. Yeah. Hey, you. What? Yeah. I'm into G- Okay. Like, okay, but you started the conversation. Yeah. Like yes. 
<laughs> it feels needless. Caroline is scrolling through even more evidence. I, of- <laughs> I am actually, I'm, I'm doing some other research right now because <laughs> I really, really like this album cover a lot. <laughs> and the, uh, like the tilt of it and the photo, I mean, even their clothes are so like aggressively 90s. And then the the lettering is like this hand-drawn PFR oh, that's like I had, kind I could of... Draw um, that. I could draw that from memory right now. Yeah. It's really cool. <laughs> and it, it kind of reminds me of like Memphis mixed with that cartoon, All Real Monsters. Mixed um, in with the little Tim Burton, I would say. Yeah, so wow. I was looking through it because there's a... Um, Something like this? Wait, where is it? I can't find it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There yes, it is. Very Good nice. Grief. There's a website called the Consumer Aesthetics Research Institute, which is a great like time killer if you're ever looking to just like check something out. But they they document like all these little micro trends in like, you know, aesthetics that go on through. And one of them is like Memphis Junior, which I think this might kind of fit in. But anyway, uh, that's what I was doing over here. Okay. <laughs> Memphis, Memphis Junior, Tennessee, Nashville, the city of music. Daigle. Daigle. Lauren Daigle killed Goldie. <laughs> she accidentally drove her bike. <laughs> I'm sorry. A, a young five-year-old so Lauren Daigle drove her oh. bike into Goldie's frail she little eleven-year-old body. Oh. She wasn't planning on it as she rode her bike to Sean Fudge. As she does uh, anti-lockdown rally. She just ends up. Is that places. his name? That's how you say that guy's name? <laughs> yeah, Sean Fucked. What, what? Yeah, that's of canon. Course. Did he? That's Did he sure. though? Yeah. I mean, TBD. I don't know. <laughs> Gracious. Well, you know, yep. what a full-bodied sound, a full narrative, beginning, middle, and end, and musically, certainly something interesting. It's a good song. Yeah. How did it hit you, Caroline? I like it a lot. Like, it's really, it was really pleasant. And, you know, we listen to a lot of Christian rock bands on here, and a lot of them do not care enough to do any sort of layering, I'd say. And so this was really a, a surprise. I was also surprised by, yeah, how, like, un, unreligious it is. It's it's just a good song for the sake of a song almost and probably for the love of a dog, which I think is a great reason to write a song. So, yeah, I, I really the, enjoyed it. Yeah. I was going to say, sorry, I get that people would have complained about that, especially in the 90s. So to, uh, something about PFR that I've always remembered is CCM Magazine uh, had, a, you know, as all magazines, had a letters to the editor. And somebody wrote in about this song they had called Wonder Why on the record after this. And the chorus is like, you wonder why you feel this way. You wonder how long it will take to heal. You wonder what you did to get here. It's all this portrait of a person in pain, right? And the author of this letter, to the concerned author of the letter said, I'm really concerned that PFR missed an opportunity here. Um, they've, they've shown this portrait of a person in pain, uh, but they didn't point out that, uh, you know, they <laughs> like could, this solution. person could turn to Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, you're a, this is a Christian band. This is a Christian magazine. You're like, who, who are you, ta- who are you talking to here? Like, <laughs> you know, and the editors were like, you're right. They really, they really missed a chance here. That's and I was so just funny. Like, what? Fuck you, PFR. Whoa, 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 whoa. Art uh, is that, all about asking the question and making sure you also give the answer every time. <laughs> and that was not the first time. So the last weird run-in I had with like that kind of stuff with PFR was I was on a PFR message board, like well into yeah. the point where they weren't a band anymore, but there was just like a <laughs> motley crew of people who were like, we still want very much to talk about PFR on the internet. And what happened on this board, other than like just people, you know, talking this and that about PFR, was uh, this would have been during the, uh, 
the George W. Bush era and uh, the Iraq invasion. Press and Bush. there was Press one Bush. Canadian guy. This is before I moved to Canada. There's one Canadian guy on the board, and he was like, seems like George W. Bush kind of sucks. Like, why would he do this? And there was an immediate radical (laughs) movement to not only denounce the lone Canadian on the PFR message board, but to ban him permanently (gasps) from the PFR message board. Permanent ban from PFR? (laughs) And he was like, I don't know, guys. I just think that, like, if you're a Christian, you shouldn't, like, start a war. Yeah, I got a PFR for you, brother. Permanently fucking reject it. You're out of here, <laughs> oh man. God, that's so funny. And, and, but this guy, now that I live in so Canada, I totally him. get it. But this guy was just like, I'm not sure what your problem is. This doesn't seem very Christian. And they were like, we will not tolerate, you know, <laughs> Anti-American speech against sentiment. our commander in chief on this PFR message board. It was so weird. Oh, uh, the P it, and PFR died, stands for Patriot. Yeah, number Patriot. one, yeah. <laughs> always. Yeah. Patriots for real. Yeah, that's Patriot right. Freedom Rally. Yeah, <laughs> Patriot Freedom Rally. Always. That's they right. can always come back and rebrand. There'd be an audience for it for sure. I, I'm sure that they won't, and I'm because I trust them. <laughs> well, the one little nuggy I found in my cursory research is that in 2013 they did have a Kickstarter that didn't do so well, so they said never mind and nothing. Well, happened. it was sad. I, well, they actually it did pretty well, but there was oh, I don't want to okay. get into this. Well, there was some. It seemed like one personnel of them was a, a really a really tumultuous time, so I think it ended up for personal uh, reasons. Uh, Interestingly, Mark Nash, uh, I just saw that Mark Nash from PFR is starting his own podcast about what was it like to be a touring Christian band in the 90s, but from his own current perspective of kind of like, what was that? Why was I involved in that (laughs) world? That's so fascinating. Um, So I think that's going to be pretty cool to see. So, yeah. Well, let's uh, tread lightly here if we want him to be a guest then (laughs) on GCM. I've never never had anything bad to say about this band. They've all, they've never let me down. So Wow. Favorite album out of the five that they've done? Oh man, uh, probably Great Lengths. I, okay, so Great Lengths is their to me their tightest album. Them is their like uh, when I went in to buy it at the Catholic bookstore I bought my CDs at in high school. Um, the the guy was like, "You got to listen to this," and the first track on it is this just super aggressive guitar. You should if you have it. It's uh, so sorry. This this is the record that's yeah. This is, this is the one. So Beatles, 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 right? I I dig their sound. I, I remember cool. so, listening to them when I was kid. Yeah. That was great. Go to the first track off them, though, because when I went in and put the headphones on in the Catholic bookstore, I was like, what is this? <laughs> okay, I'm listening. Wow. <laughs> and we started it? it, and it's coming in. Wait for it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so, wow. That's they, nice. they went rock and roll a little bit. The guy at the bookstore was like, it's a little bit of a DC talk Jesus freak moment, huh? <laughs> Just what? I don't like your guitar that's plugged in. <laughs> exactly. Wow, it's kind of like it's, Jesus freak, isn't it's it? Slightly louder yeah. than you might have Jesus expected. freak wannabes. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, the, through it all though, I think that record's really good. Um, yeah, they've just—it's just classy, tight pop music. It's really nice. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Well, you know what? Let's get let's give it a quick little final rating uh, using our very scary sounding slowed down sound effects. The way this works, Joel, is we're going to give it a holy toast or holy roast. Holy toast is a thumbs up. We're going to send PFR all the way to heaven. 
<laughs> oh, we've cured it. <laughs> oh, we did better? cure it. Yeah, it's the same speed. Holy huh. roast. That's a thumbs down. We send it. We yeah. send it to hell or purgatory. That's the third option. So we start with Caroline. I hope when I die from my vaccines that someone writes a song as nice as this about me. And it's coming soon because I've got too much of me. I've got three. I got three shots. Come on. I'm on my last <laughs> legs here. Um, I really enjoyed this. Uh, holy toast for me. I like PFR. I want to go back and listen to some more of their stuff because this is just such a nice style. Yeah. Look for the 2022 remakes. Goldie's leg can't stop shaking. <laughs> <laughs> and she's taking a video of it. She's really scared. We turn it to <laughs> Joel. I, I just want to make it clear that I'm not commenting on the eternal fate of Goldie herself. I don't know. I don't claim to know. Mm. But we I'm could. Not, <laughs> I'm not a the, I'm not a theologian. Let's take a theological stance. But if I had to, I would say that both the song and the dog are definitely heaven bound. Aww. Yeah. Oh, sweet Goldie. This, she gave so much. I was going to ask you a question before you give your rating. Uh-huh. So based on the Porter personality system, okay. which took years for you to work out and the sort of PPS? a lot of research. What the hell? You know, there's only two kinds of people, really. Okay. So <laughs> um, you're going to take like extensive quizzes in order to find out. But um, would you say that Christ was a dog or a cat? <laughs> which are th- Those are the only kinds of you can be, according to Kevin. Well, God was... Faithful to his master, the father. Mm-hmm. God was loyal. Uh, God kissed people. Him and Judas had some smooches and okay. his disciples. Kissing. They greet each other with holy kisses. But cats have nine lives and Christ did resurrect. So <laughs> <laughs> Only once though. Stop. I don't know. Stop. Yeah, if, if you yeah I guess if part, he had resurrected yeah. eight more times, it would have maybe perhaps fit. I'm going to go with my gut and say we serve a dog Christ. <laughs> Surprise, surprise. Wow. I'm going to say all dogs do go to heaven. That's in the first book of Kevin. It's actually the only verse in the book of Kevin. Even Super the ones that were kind of mean. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're going to kill it at Bible Bowl with all the first book of Kevin. Kevin. All dogs go to Kevin. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, is this a spinoff podcast? Ooh. Wait a minute. <laughs> A holy toast for me. It sounds like just a bunch of nice boys wanting to pay tribute in a silly way to a beloved pet. Um, It did hit a little too close to home, and I do forgive them for stirring up such Mm. graphic, disturbing imagery (laughs) as the possibility of a loved, a furry little loved one going to the great beyond. Too far. But, you know, life isn't just one thing, and faith touches all of it, and... It's not a binary, it's a spectrum. And so we have to live in that tension and hold space for that. I'm trying to see how many therapy terms I can <laughs> appropriate for this rating. Right. So I'm holding space for it. Yes. But not the space between. It's a holy toast. <laughs> holy toast from me. Good job, PFR. Boom. Good job. I hope uh, I hope none of them did anything problematic that our listeners oh, yeah, are going to talk about. As usual, I give my standard disclaimer, any male celebrity is supported TBD. <laughs> Or female celebrity, as we found out. Sometimes, but mostly (laughs) mostly male. Well, I don't see it that way, but I understand why (laughs) you do. (laughs) You're so open-minded. Oh, boy. Okay, well, you know what? Let's uh, let's bring it down now to a different space, a more worshipful space. Bring the pads in. 
Um, Joel, we're just here to do business now. We're not here to promote ourselves or plug our projects for the approval of man. We're here to lift those things up to the glory of the one above. By the one above, I mean Goldie. Uh, That's the one above. Watching over all of us. I mean, Goldie, take out the L, the I, and the E. That's God. Whoa. Listen. Dog, spelled backwards. What do you get? Come on now. We could do this all night. What's that? Coincidence? Coincidence? Probably. And we'll start with Caroline. <laughs> and there's no lies with God. There's no lies. So you have to remove the no lie. No. Yeah. Oh my God. Can I get a word? Okay, come on. Wow. Words That's what I'm yeah. Um, The best way for you to pay tribute to Goldie and anyone like Goldie is to follow me at Caroline's Farts. That's where it's all going down. Um, I'm going to lift up kind of an unusual thing, but something that uh, brought such a powerful amount of joy into my life, which is a <laughs> it's a deep dive article about Jonathan Chabon, now known as Food God, also known as Kim Kardashian's childhood friend. Um, and it is a deep dive article by someone who goes by I've been Draken, Drake, like Drake the artist, um, on Medium. You can look it up. Uh, it's just a long history <laughs> why he's like such a dick and um, how he will like go after people and name search himself and then block them like the randomest people. Um, but because of that, you get to see all the ways that people have insulted Jonathan over the years, too, which is just a, such a joy. And it also led me to my lift up for next week, which you'll hear next time. But um, if you want to find it, like Google it or just DM me and I can give you the link. But it was very fun. If you care about any of that stuff, it's a good time. Caroline's DMs are wide open uh, for <laughs> appropriate contact. Link sharing only appropriate links. And she might give you a little heart. You know, she might if she. Heart. Yeah, I think Can it's. I, I think it's appropriate. A, yeah, a really embarrassing question sure. as media savvy people, which I am not. When people say DMs are open, what does that actually mean? Because can't you always send people messages, or can you not do that? Some people, yeah, they don't allow you to send a DM unless they like follow you back or something like that. I don't know so, if it's always like a euphemism. Like, I mean, it could be. It often is, is but it, it? it technically <laughs> means just uh, you, you've like you turned on the me. feature because yeah. you can turn so it like, any Sometimes I won't. Me. Like, I'm super famous, so I don't want 5,000 people DMing right. me. However, right. right now, if you want to talk about this My particular DMs are open. DMs are open. thing, yes. okay. Dungeon yes. Masters are polyamorous, is how I took it to me. Uh, My DMs are open. Uh, all right. Thank you, Caroline. We turn it to Joel. For the lift uh, up. Yes, you can lift up my new book, Dancing About Architecture is a Reasonable Thing to Do uh, in a few weeks or months, depending on when you're listening to this. Uh, available somewhere on the internet, most likely, but probably not in your local bookstore. That's okay, though. Um, uh, what, do, what do we do? We shout things out or we li- what do we lift things yeah, up? Yeah, lift up anything you've been enjoying I both shout in, out, in the secular yes. world. You can well, shout while lifting, and I often I do. Shout, I shout to the Lord. Uh, <laughs> um, I have been reading, uh, I discovered this author, Brian Doyle, who is a Catholic author from Portland, Oregon. He sadly passed away uh, about five years ago. Uh, I just read his book, A Book of Uncommon Prayer, and it is one of the just most delightful books I've ever read. It's a hundred prayers written about just mundane stuff, but in a really just a beautiful like almost all of them moved me to tears um it you know so it'll be like 
prayer for like the woman I saw on the train eating one almond every five minutes. Or, like, <laughs> prayer for like uh, the boys I used to coach little league with who are grown up now. I know this sounds sort of like precious moments, but he's not a he's he's just like a really open hearted person who just like clearly is in love with the world. Um, and his books are just so, so joyous. Um, so I would recommend any book by Brian Doyle. Oh, that's really um, nice. Yeah. Lovely. Wow. Yeah. Prayer for to all the boys I loved before. That could that, <laughs> that might could be, be one. one. Yeah. <laughs> that reminds me of the Fred Rogers thought where he would just say their names and that's the prayer. Totally. Uh, yeah. Which is very nice and efficient for those of us Absolutely. on the go. Uh, thank you, Joel. You can lift me up at Kevin T. Porter. Everywhere, Peloton, Letterbox. Instagram only fans. Shout out to my seven fans. Cameo. You keep me going. No, the cameo's not up. I mean. Are these all real? I'm just checking. You're too dignified for cameo. Four of them are real. One of them is not. Only okay. fans is the real one. Uh, <laughs> I'm too dignified for cameo. No, I'm not too dignified. I just, uh, you know, they asked me a long time ago, but they haven't asked me since then uh, to, to join the platform. He has to be invited. Like yeah. Christ. Into your heart. That's right. Invite me into your cameo heart. <laughs> I'll lift up this gorgeous uh, movie I saw the other day. It's very romantic, and it's the power. It's about the power of a certain kind of love. It's called Redeeming Love. It was a oh my God. <laughs> gorgeous oh, no. movie. About- <laughs> Don't go see that. It's too stressful. <laughs> uh, Lost Daughter. I'll lift up Lost Daughter. That movie freaking ruled. Maggie Gyllenhaal's directorial debut. The Scarf girl, as Taylor Swift would call her. Did you lift up Lost Daughter last week? No, I didn't. Did I? You might have. Oh, no. (laughs) Really? That daughter, she's still lost. Oh, okay. You're lost if you don't watch it. You know what? No, I meant to lift up the blower's daughter, the the Damien Rice song from his 2003 (laughs) album. Oh, I I did misspeak. Thank you, Caroline. You're welcome. The blower's daughter, which you can (laughs) watch in the movie Closer from 2004, Natalie Portman walking in slow motion. Uh, You can lift us up at Christian Fun Pod everywhere. Go to patreon.com slash good Christian fun for more good Christian fun. We're doing adventures in Podacy, y'all. Yeah, baby. We're listening to every of the 899 episodes. Connie Spam. Rise up. Yeah, Connie fam, rise up. Kendall fam, I guess. As is the, uh, yeah, Yeah. as is the parlance on the show. Are you guys going to pull a Sufjan though? And actually you're going to do two and then be like, I was never really going to do all of Probably. (laughs) (laughs) The series is over. Let's not get ahead of our skis. Uh, And y'all, just as a reminder, our merch store is shutting down. It is discontinuing. It is due to uh, total lack of interest, neglect, lack of marketing, lack of awareness on our part um, but you can go shop everything that's still there while it's still there um, you can find it by going to our website goodchristianfun.com clicking the merch tab or you can go to our Instagram it's in the link in bio there uh, good stuff in there our catchphrase t-shirt poster little pins some, yeah. some nice goodies left over get it while they're hot <laughs> and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts every review you leave we donate a to charity this one's charity is rain Joel thank you thank so you, Joel. much uh, Yet another person who should host this show instead of us. <laughs> and I got a feeling it's not going to be your last day on the podcast. Okay, uh, now? Okay? All right. And there's nothing left to say except for, okay, okay. I, I love, love you. you. Thank, Thank you, you, Emma. Amen. <laughs> Joel, what is uh, a PFR song of your choice that you would like us to go out on? 
Oh man, do we want fun or do we want serious? What is our vibe right now? We want some serious fun, my dude. <laughs> well, if we want to have serious fun, then we're going to have to go out on Home Again from their first record. I don't know how you're finding these because I know they're not on Spotify. So stand by for ludicrous. Good speed. news for you. Oh. Hey. Hi, Poppy. <laughs> yeah, baby. Uh? <laughs> I think this is a bogus idea. Okay, I'm listening. It doesn't get any sillier now. It's just a normal <laughs> song. Oh my gosh. PFR once again stands for Prison Fellowship Reform. <laughs> All right, we'll see you next week on the podcast. Goodbye. Bye. That was a HeadGum Podcast.